Welcome to the Business Launch Podcast. Join us as we get up close and personal with savvy entrepreneurs. Let's explore their business journey and how they navigated challenges and reached their goals. I'm your host, Carlos Simonio. Hey, it's Carla here from the Business Launch Podcast. I'm here with a special guest, Queen Guevara. She's an entrepreneur who's I met through my brother and we've got a lot of common friends and she runs a very highly successful cafe out of Blacktown and she runs something close to my heart, basketball. She runs a basketball facility out at Minchinbury. So welcome to the show, Queen. How are you doing? Yeah, thanks for the invitation. Doing really well, like I mentioned, busy time of the year, but really excited to have a bit of a break to really reflect on what's been and what's to come. So yeah, really looking forward to the conversation today. Yes. Tell us a bit about yourself, where did you grow up and how did you get started in business? Yeah. yeah, for sure. I grew up in Western Sydney. My parents moved to Australia when I was one. And so this has really been my home for most of my life. And for the majority of my life, I have experience the ups and downs of living in Western Sydney. And one of the things that I've realized is how incredibly multicultural we are, which is such a gift to be here. But also the reality as I got older, that there are a lot of areas where we don't have a lot of opportunities or access to opportunities here. And so I think it's a little bit of the migrant mentality, the hard work ethic That's right. yes. that I really saw from my parents. And it's really filtered through to um, my, mine and my brother's life, really just hunkering down and finding ways that we can contribute in service. And so that's where I found myself really growing in youth ministry and service in youth ministry in the Catholic nice. Church. Nice. So yeah. there was that element of it that I began to be trained and fostered in leadership. And at the same time, interestingly, through my teenage life, I didn't really feel like I really belonged in social circles at school. And perhaps that's because of my different interests from friends and one of them actually being basketball and sports. So I just found that it was just a different kind of space that I was seeking. And so growing up, I really sought opportunities where I could be a part of the game, even though I was in all male basketball teams. That didn't bother me. I loved being involved in basketball. I really did feel like I could be myself in many ways. And then when I left high school, I realized that there's this passion I had for service and basketball and community. And so began trying to facilitate opportunities for women's basketball teams to come together. And so that's become the platform, I think, of where my life has led me to in the realm of basketball and community. Yeah, you play in the same team as my sister-in-law, Joe, right? Yeah, yes. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah, Embers, it's, yeah. It's awesome to know that like you guys have, you've created a great community, especially for the women's. There's a, and I think it's a good, good way to actually form a great community with women, being able to know that you can reach out to others who are, who have the same passion as you. Yeah. So growing up in Western Sydney, what did you study? Did you go to uni? What did you end up doing in uni? Yeah. yeah one of the things that I realized is that, uh, especially going back to the Philippines uh, at an early age, there was a stirring in me to want to give those who are vulnerable a voice 
And I, that really carried along, I really carried that in my heart moving forward in service and different aspects of my life. And it eventually moved me to want to study law. And that's what I completed in university. I did my bachelor's of law and bachelor of arts in international studies and then moved to a master's in law in dispute resolution. All of it, I think, was really, really influenced by a desire to want to give people a voice. Exactly what I'm similar to my actual passion is why I'm doing this podcast is I wanted to give businesses their own voice as well be able to tell their share their story and like local communities to find out what they're doing that is a great initiative for you as well and it's just that's why I really reconnected when common friend joy said you should have Queenie in your show so it was it's it's come full circle that we ended up meeting at my brother's place and being able to actually do this a week after that it's been it's been a great blessing for me as well so it's yeah people need to hear your story so after you finish your degree you ended up working in corporate I'd say or working in a company sure so I, I did a little bit of advocacy work in the Catholic church and then I moved into corporate immigration law for a few years before I had a really profound life-changing experience at what the Catholic Church calls World Youth Day and it's a gathering of young people right across the world at the invitation of the Pope to really have an experience of the fullness of the church and faith and a celebration of young people's contribution to, to the world and it was in 2016 that my life really changed so I came back to my corporate job after that pilgrimage I felt so restless. I was like, what is this? I can't let this go. And yeah, I just felt a real invitation to explore other opportunities where I can serve the local community, which I thought was really interesting because I had always had this dream that I was going to work for something big like the UN, go away to an overseas organization. But I was really pulled into the local needs of my community here and in many ways, it's shaped the way that I see impact and that really beginning in our local areas. So, yeah, it's, it, that's been the journey that I've been yeah. on. Yeah. Fast forward to going to your first business. So how did you transition from working as a lawyer, going working in a Catholic church? I think you still work in a Catholic church in the diocese and moving over to starting your own business. Yeah, I so... The first business was Young Lions Cafe. It's this little coffee shop that sits on the corner of Flushcombe Road. And it was really in discussions with my friend, Raimi. We saw this opportunity to really give good vibes, contribute well to the local community, serve our local community in Blacktown through coffee. And part of that is this real belief that we have in the power of relationships And for us, a lot of the relationships and friendships that we've built was always over coffee. So even in service in youth ministry, when you'd catch up with someone, it'd be over coffee or or meal or food. And so we really thought about how do we transfer some of those experiences into, in some way, an innovative way of building connections with people, with the heart that we have for all people in a not so in your face way, if that makes sense. A real kind of one of our one of our mottos or values that we live by has been inspired by Mother Teresa. And she says to do small things with great love. 
And so that's really the kind of wow. culture that we've tried to instill. And that transition wasn't easy. Both Remy and I have never owned a business at that point. Yeah. We got to speaking to a number of friends who had started their own businesses. We did research. And funnily enough, we had this sort of two, three-year plan to open it all up. So we thought about the idea in 2016 and we're like, okay, 2019, we'll have something up and running. And then we spoke to a friend and they basically turned that plan upside down and they said, why, why don't you just start small? Why don't you just begin somewhere, learn the ropes and then see where that might lead you? And we really took that on board. So within, within six to nine months, we had found a spot in Blacktown, not the kind of sit down cafe that we had anticipated, but a real starting point for something that we are really proud to, to be able to offer our community in Blacktown. Yeah. So it's, so it's an actual space, a big, because I know that it's a nice little cafe you have there. I've seen pictures. I haven't actually seen it. My wife and I like to go to a lot of cafes. We visit a lot of cafes and we like to go back to cafes that we have good vibe with and good good customer service and just being able to relate to the actual business owners as well, being able to just find out how they got started or do things that you see that they actually communicate to the actual customers. You say, how are you? How's your kids? How's your yeah. little questions? Is Oh, wow, that's, they're pretty cool. So I think you're the vibe that you have with your cafe seems to be similar. It's not an actual... Your actual cafes, is it an actual space itself or how did you find the space? Yeah, I think it, I think this space is, was quite a unique find. It is like a stationary food truck, if I could describe nice. it. It kind of like just sits in front of this business building and it has enough for us to be able to offer coffee and all things that kind of complement coffee. We have the actual, I guess, food truck-like space and then everything around it we've been able to put some furniture some chairs where people can hang out if they wished but it has a very ice style and we really uh, because of the nature of the food truck kind of vibe a lot of the interaction we have is with our customers as opposed to just people coming in ordering and then sitting down we get to build this kind of relationship with them because they come to us often and yeah 100% with what you said for us, it's not just about them getting their coffee. It's really about their experience from the moment that they approach the shop up until they finish that cup of coffee at wherever they might land. If either that's in their car or in their offices, whatever it is, the hope is that it relates into the rest of their day. Yep. So yeah, it's that's the kind of vibe that, that it has. Yeah. So it's I'm imagining that you guys are turning over a few hundred coffees a day as a team because I saw that you got like a pretty big team in a, a small space that you have <laughs> but it's so cool that you have a small space but you've got a, a looks like a quiet tight-knit team that you have is that rotational that they have or is it just in terms of working in the cafe do you have them as a like they have rosters or something like that yeah so we've been really blessed as you would have you as you've mentioned to have a really incredible team we've had this the thing that Ramey and I realized and we actually didn't realize that in the planning or anything like that was the real gift that we could offer a young person to to have employment 
And so once that clicked to us, it was a big thing for us to be able to provide a safe space where young people can grow in the professionalism, in the capacity to have conversations with people from diverse backgrounds, et cetera. We've gotten to a point now where we've been able to really encourage one of our day ones to step into a managerial role, and that's Joy. She's often on social media if you want to check her out. Yes, but I've she- seen her. Yeah, so she really provides the kind of the, the kind of culture that's quite inclusive and encouraging. And so she's really stepped up in, in that realm. So she's like, we have a couple of part-timers and a couple of casuals. And really, it's a, it is a bit of a rotation in terms of the roster. Yeah. We've tried our best to have a bit of consistency because I, we know that our customers do find that when there's familiar faces and things aren't changing all the time, it means that they have that kind of expectation of who is going to greet them and things like this. Yeah, we've also been really fortunate too that the the team members have stayed for a long period of time. So our retention rate has been really great. And I think that's because of the kind of culture that we're trying to foster, but also because of who they are. They have this real disposition to want to serve. And the hope is that through this cafe, they can really engage in meaningful work where they see that it impacts people's day positively. That is a great way to give back to the community, especially the youth who are sometimes at this, at a young age, they don't know which way to lean or they don't know how to be able to communicate because nowadays kids are stuck into their gadgets, into their phones, into their laptop or gaming or all other things. And I think it's a great way to be able to just teach them skills, like the soft skills that are hard to learn unless you actually given that that kind of training from, for me, it was through the youth groups that I've been through and through just the friendships that I've had. And I've been lucky that way, but this is a great initiative to be able to just help kids or like young adults to go to where they want to go. So just give them a path to managerial. That is so great to have. So with your business, you you started a second business. It's it's a basketball facility. It's something that I actually wanted, been wanting to have for myself yeah in in it's not cheap i know that it's not cheap to have a basketball facility so i've been a few um, there's a few in my area AUSA but yeah so how did you come about from having a cafe now starting a basketball facility yeah so i i really believe that when we're in community and we listen well we start to identify the needs of the community and i think the nature of how basketball has connected with me has then moved into opportunities where we're able to build a women's basketball community like Ember's Basketball, which started 10 years ago and has really developed in a way that we never thought that it would. But what we found is as we tried to expand and allow um, opportunities for more women to join, we couldn't lock in or secure train like spaces where we can train or just have socials And if you're not building your capacity and skill on the court, it then doesn't translate in local competition. Yes, that's true. So we needed the consistency of space. And in in Western Sydney at that time, three, four years ago, there just wasn't a lot of spaces for us because most of the facilities were either booked by representative basketball or 
groups that I've been running for a very long time and had secured a relationship with these facilities. So understandably, we'd be calling every single week, seven days before, because that's their policy. And we'd be like, can we book, can we book? And they'd be like, sorry, it's out. So we got to a point in 2019, about a couple of years into wanting to grow Embers Basketball a bit more, where the leadership team said, it's so hard. Like, it, And this is, again, like the listening when you're in community. So I remember one meeting, we were really frustrated by this reality because we wanted to build a community. And that evening, I just thought, what if we just did it ourselves? What if, just what if? And I think that's perhaps the curiosity, maybe the little bit of the risk taker in me that I'm okay to explore options to find solutions. And I just started looking up warehouses in Western Sydney. And I thought, oh, this is how much it costs. Gosh, that's so expensive. And what would it take for us to lay down like wooden, a wooden cord? And oh my gosh, that's so expensive. And so it then pushed me to like research other kind of options for us. And eventually I got to a point where I thought to myself, I can't keep this idea to myself. And it's something that I share with young people that if you have a dream, find people that you trust to share it with. Because eventually your idea no, long, lo- no longer becomes your own and you don't get possessive over it and you don't get frustrated when it doesn't turn out the way that you wanted because it really serves the greater good. Yes. So I started sharing it with friends, especially ones in our basketball community. And just the uptake and support was just incredible. That was at the beginning of 2019. And within six months, we were able to, as a community, find a way to open up the hustle, which is in Michimbri, after some challenges that I didn't anticipate with creating that space, especially through the council, because you have to go through a number of hurdles to get approval for a space like that. Yeah. So that's really how it all came together. The listening, bringing in community, and then really being open to seeing how we can find a solution together. Yeah, because I know I used to play basketball at Rudy Hill and that those courts got knocked down. That's right. Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yes, yes. So it got it was, taken over by gymnastics or something like this, another sport. Yeah. yeah, so it's actually having the hustle replace that is like another place where people can just go ball out and just enjoy playing basketball. It's a perfect place because there's so many basketball players out in, in Western Sydney, especially around Blacktown, Mount Druid area. Yeah. It's it's the perfect place to have. How many members do you have over there at The Hustle? So we started off with 200 when we first opened. Wow, 200 straight it, away. It did get up to about that. And then obviously COVID happened, but we've been able to retain about 100 since. So with new new members and kind of others that have stuck around, about 100. Yeah, that's, that is awesome because it's something that I've been going back and forth with actually my cousin and a few friends, few basketball teams. I'm actually about to start a basketball club here around my area. So that was the challenges that you went through in finding courts to train in is like, I think it's not just Blacktown area, it's all over Sydney where Mm -hmm. we don't have enough basketball facilities to just train. And if you try to book in from the council, it's just too hard it's too hard unless you got a lot of money to just fork out to book it for the year yeah Yeah, it's uh, it's an awesome initiative for your local community and local basketball players in the area I'm sure there's a lot of kids now 
being able to use the hustle and grow it and play representative basketball, represent the community, I'm sure, in the near future. What was your biggest wins in starting starting your businesses? I think I would say it's the community aspect. Perhaps it's translating through our conversation that I'm deeply passionate about community. And I think that really is rooted in not only my faith, but also my cultural background of those are quite communal people. And I think when they say it takes a village to raise a child, I think, I don't think it's just a child. I think right through to womb to tomb, we need those connections and support people that we can depend on. I really believe that we don't know, we won't realize our full self unless we're in relationship with other people. And so the biggest wins I think is really seeing communities flourish groups in the at the hustle when they come through and they've been running their socials for like months and months and you just see this real kind of innocent play in the busyness of our workload that they can come into the hustle and make it their home I think that's such a gift in itself and even at Young Lions just this capacity to connect with people and to offer words of encouragement for the kind of work that they commit to day in, day out. It's it, All of that kind of reminds me of, yeah, this very human aspect of who we are. A human touch, yes. Relationship. So, yeah, that's it. That's a huge win when seeing communities grow. Yeah, I know one of the one of my guests in the podcast, Dax, I know that he uses the hustle a lot. I think he's had a few of his events over there. And it's, it's a great place to just bring together, bring people together, bring especially what he's doing in his business and in, in his community as well. So it actually t- ties in together. Yeah, um, sure. in, I know that building or having your own cafe and even having hustle, you had to go through a lot of council approvals and all that. So what was the biggest hurdles you faced while starting a business, businesses? Yeah, sure. I think it really is just not knowing where to start. I think I, and perhaps that's part of the process too. I think you learn on the go and you can't always guarantee perfection through the process. But I think that probably is where I would have wanted a bit more idea about what does it take identifying pockets over the community who have already established really great businesses and connecting with them, a network of those kinds of people. If we're really thinking about it in terms of the hustle, so the hustle opened up in November 2019 and we were hit with COVID just a few months later. Our plans for growth were really hindered by the reality of the pandemic that obviously affected all of us, but it really shifted our mindset from growth to preservation. And we're really wanting to move out of that in the new year. I think unexpected events that are out of our control, I think now I'll definitely be thinking how we safeguard what we do and perhaps not be so naive that just because you've started a business, the rest of it will just fall into place. Really, it's a a kind of a dance you play with kind of the optimism and the high hopes and big dreams and really being grounded in the reality of what is the trends, what things are coming up, even with government. So yeah, a bit of challenges there. What motivates you daily? I would say a big part of it is my faith. I have experienced a deep love from God and from 
community that my deepest hopes is that other people are able to find that kind of connection. And so even though it's hard, it's not easy juggling these things. And sometimes there's things that come up that really make me question why I'm still here. But again, it is seeing the fruit, seeing the the ways in which people grow, the impact that it has in people's lives that kind of affirms me that this is where I'm called to be right now. So it helps me get up in the morning and sometimes it keeps me up at night, but it's all part of it. Yes, being a business owner, especially you still have to juggle your work as well on top of two businesses. It would be a lot of time management and a lot of forward planning for you, I say, especially with trying to make sure that your business is running in the way that you wanted it to be run. Who are your influences growing up and in business or even in life? Yeah, look, in business specifically, funnily enough, when Ramy and I decided that we would start Young Lions, um, someone introduced, then my friends who were like, you should just go for it. They were like, you should start listening to Gary Vaynerchuk. Nice. And I was like, who is this guy? Anyway, I totally vibed with his like high intensity. I just thought I have not encountered, an, I guess, a business person who was just really engaging, really upfront. And I think for some people I know that I recommended him to some friends and they're like, this guy is a lot. But for me, I just thought, yo, this is where I'm at. This is what I want to be in terms of business. I want to be high energy, really positive, choosing kindness, really staying true to the why and yeah, so Gary Vaynerchuk was a big sort of, yeah, he really shaped the way that I looked at yeah. business. He's a um, mentor, even though he doesn't know that you're actually getting mentored by him. Yeah. Wild. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. So yeah. I would say him in terms of business, for sure. Yeah. He's, I've been following Gary V when he first started doing his wine library TV. So oh, on YouTube? Yeah, on YouTube. That's crazy, yeah. So yeah. he's before he actually became a social media superstar or started doing his business in the media space anyway. But he's been a mentor as well for me, even though he doesn't know that. He doesn't know it. I've listened to, I've read some of his books and he's just sometimes, like he said, Gary Vee is not for everyone Mm. because sometimes his language is different Mm. to what people don't like, but it's like the human aspect, the human touch that he has that helps if you can get around all the other things that he says <laughs> yeah. and it, the valuable lessons that he gives is just next to none that's yeah. I think um going forward I know that it's still brand new business for you for the hustle and for the young lions club what are your big goals for let's say the next year and next three to ten years yeah I love that question the hope is that young the hope is that the hustle becomes a non-for-profit. So really wanting to see ways in which we can connect with government so that we can start pumping in some funding into some grassroots programs. At the moment, doing quite a bit of research into non-for-profit structures, uh, how we go about governance, applications for grants. So I've got a number of connections who I'm learning from in terms of the kind of work that they're doing in other spaces. So that's the big hope for the hustle is that it becomes a hub for locals to really find and access opportunities, not just in basketball, but really in other areas of life. One particular area that I'm also passionate about is giving women access to sport. There's a real 
kind of push locally and also statewide from government to try and uh, resource that a little bit more. So I'd really like to tap into that. That's the hustle. And obviously that ties in with embers too. And then we're looking at for young lions, just perhaps opening up another kind of similar vibe somewhere in Western Sydney. But looking at how we use our culture and our messaging on in the online sort of space to see where we can further the message and culture of Young Lions. So it just isn't just about the coffee, but also it's already embedded in what we do. It's also about the community that we're trying to build. Community and creating that tribe aspect. Yes, it's, it's, I think you're actually more than halfway or going towards to your, I think the culture that you built already in your business is going to flow through as long as you keep those people that are very close, especially your managers like Joy in oh, yeah. the business. Yeah, sure. in, what are your top three advice for entrepreneurs and future business owners? Yeah, great question. I would say the first is to, to really learn how to listen. I think it's so important, even once you've opened your business, that you continue to listen, continue to be teachable, because you just never know when someone's going to give you a nugget or hold you accountable so that you can be better at what you're doing. So that's the first. I say the third one is to really remember your why, especially when it gets really tough. I personally had some really dark moments during COVID uh, and many times I just wanted to give up, but the why really kept me going. And then finally is that don't do things alone. So I am a product and a testament to the very good people around me who have supported me, who have decided that this is, these things are also things that they're passionate about and they want to be a part of. Um, When people often ask, how do you do it? I say, I don't do it alone. It just would be impossible. And I would not, I'd probably not be alive because it would run me to the ground. Like it just wouldn't be possible. There are very good people around me who I would say full credit to them that they are all in in terms of making these things work. So listen, your why, and solid community. Yeah, wow. Perfect. Perfect for any businesses or entrepreneurs who wants to start a business. It's just everything ties in together really well. And you can apply it to any business that you want to. Yes. How do you want to impact the world and what kind of legacy you want to have yeah great I think at the moment it's really important that when we have a vision we're really meeting the needs of the now so one of the key things that keep coming up is just how disconnected and isolated people are a lot of people want to be seen a lot of people want to find meaningful authentic relationships and so really in the work that we're involved in, one thing that I would hope happens is that there's a real reorientation back to community, reorientation away from individualism and this this kind of competitive environment. And I would say, Carlo, the work that you're doing in trying to connect with people and lift up the voices of different people is very much in that same vein of how do we get people connected again so that we're able to, for the for future generations, really witness to how important it is 
that as human beings, we don't see each other as competitors, but we really see each other as a community that seeks to have everyone flourish. That's what I hope, is that in community that we experience the fullness of life. Um, and that's through these connections that we're trying to build. They just so happen to be you know, in these projects or businesses. Yeah, it's awesome. That It's great. You've got a really good model. I think it's it always, I was listening to a book. I like to listen to audio, audible. I was listening to a guy named Russell Brunson. It's about creating a tribe, creating a community to what you're trying to achieve. And then your community will follow. So you lead by example and you lead your community to what you want to achieve. So it's pretty much what you're actually doing now with your business. Um, I talked about Audible. I talked about books. Which book do you recommend? If One book or even a few books that you'd like our listeners um, to read or they should read. Sure. Some of these might be left of field, but I have three. So the first book is, it's by an author named Henry Nowen, and he's a Christian author. And the book is called Wounded Healer. Nice. Um, and it's an incredible book about just recognizing that you don't need to be healed or some might say perfect in order to accompany people towards their own healing. So a real kind of like human book there. The second one is The Alchemist by Pablo yes. Coelho. Yes. I just, that book, when I read that, I just thought, man, that really speaks to me in terms of the journey and life and how we get pulled into different tangents. And so I really love that book. And then the last book is a book called Boundaries by two Christian psychologists. And if you're perhaps like me from an Asian background, very connected with family and community and church, perhaps. It's a book all about being able to say no. So really creating good boundaries for yourself so that you don't burn out in the process of trying to serve. So those three books, I would say, nice. are really cool. I've read The Alchemist and the other two books I'm going to go have a look or hopefully I can go and be able to read myself. So the three great books to recommend. I'll put it in the show notes, make sure that our listeners can go have a look at it as well. Okay. Last words, do you have anything that you wanted to say? Yeah, I think I'm going to go back to one of the inspirations for Young Lions Cafe, and it's from the Gospel of Mark. And there's a line in the Gospel that says, take courage. And I really love that line because the person that it's being said to is someone who is blind. And this imagery of just taking the first step forward, even though it's scary. Yeah, I think it's all part of this pursuit of being your authentic self in the world. So take courage and just see where the ride takes you. Yeah, yeah that is a great way to, to finish up. If the listeners need to need some help with business or they, want, they have a question for you, want to go come visit some of your two spots, how can they reach you? Yeah, I, I would say the best spot to start is Instagram. So we, we use Instagram quite a bit to connect with our community. So you can either find me, Quain Guevara, so at Quain Guevara on Instagram, 
or at Young Lions Cafe or at the Society, or at Embers Basketball. So any of those ways, you'll be able to check out what we do. About, if anything resonates, you have any questions, feel free to reach out. Perfect. Perfect. I'll put all those in the show notes so that they can actually come see you, see what you're all about, see what your businesses are all about. So it's perfect, perfect tie-in. Thank you again, Quain, for a great interview. Thank you very much for having coming on and sharing this journey with me. Hopefully I can help in any way and for your community as well. So to, to know what your story is all about. So thank you once again. And I hope to catch up soon. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Carlo. Thank you for the opportunity. It's a real honor to be part of this initiative of yours. So keen to see it grow. Okay. Thank you so much, Queen. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Business Launch Podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes and come and visit our website at businesslaunch.agency. Thank you and have a great day.